Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to episode 115 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also don't forget to come hang out with me on Instagram. Let me know what you think of this episode. I'm at brownvegan over there. So on this episode of the show, I have my girl Erin Hill on here. She is a caterer, she is a visionary, <laughs> she is a, a vegan chef, and she makes amazing dishes. Oh my gosh, if you want to get some serious food porn, go to her Instagram where she shares a lot of the meals that she enjoys putting together for her clients. In this conversation, Erin and I are going to talk about how she was able to ditch the dairy to improve her skin, the importance of doing what feels best for you when you decide to start a vegan journey, and how it's okay to get inspiration from other people. But the bottom line is you need to figure out what works best for your situation. And I love how she gives us all permission to do that. We also talk about some of her favorite ingredients, some of her favorite meals, and how she's able to put those together for her clients, how she stumbled on doing luxury picnics during this pandemic because she was laid off from work. And oh my gosh, I'm telling you, I love the videos that Erin puts together for her picnics. She just, it just, I just, I feel like it's a whole vibe and I just love that. We're talking about also how like the behind the scenes of her putting together her catering events, her luxury picnics, as well as pop ups and how majority of her audience, the majority of the people who support her business are actually vegan curious They're not even vegans. They just enjoy the food and the experience. As always, this is a great conversation. Make sure that you follow Erin on Instagram. She's underscore Mama Hill underscore on Instagram. Also, if you live in New Jersey, definitely check out her catering and her pop-ups and her luxury picnics. Visit her website at mamahill.com for more details. And of course, I will put the show notes and everything mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 115. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Erin. First thing I want to know, though, Erin, is this is like a trend I have going on the podcast because it's been like a crazy year, I feel like, for a lot of us. I just want to know, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? I'm doing okay. I, I feel like, like many other people, we have either really good days or really, like, blah days. And t- today I'm okay, but it's like everything just blends together. There's definitely more days that I'm more motivated and up and ready to do things. And then other days where it's just life. gets in the way. But overall, I'm doing fine. That is good. And so uh, the next question is, because that's actually usually my first question, why did you decide to become a vegan? So I decided to become a vegan because I was having skin issues on my back. I had cystic acne. And it was actually kind of by accident because I would try all these different things with elimination. And finally, when I cut out dairy, that's when I really saw a difference in my skin. If anyone has ever had skin problems, then you know it takes months to see a difference. Like sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. So I figured out that after being vegetarian, once I cut the dairy out, that's when my skin really like rejuvenated. I was not vegan for the animals or (laughs) the earth or anything like that. It was mainly my personal health, like my cosmetic health. So, but I ended up feeling 10 times better and losing weight. So that's really why we went vegan. My husband's vegan too, as you know. I think we all kind of come into it for different ways, but as time go on, I feel like we start to shift a little bit as far as our reasoning. So once your skin got better, like did anything change as far as why you wanted to be vegan? 
Oh, yeah. So after my skin got better, like I definitely felt better. So I was like, oh, this is cool. So then you start doing research and you start experimenting with different ingredients, things like that. But I'll tell you, after I had the baby, my daughter's three now, but after I had the baby, I don't know if it was my hormones or what, but I was really like triggered by animals being abused or like babies being taken from their moms and cows being raped and things like that. And I'll tell you right now, like I, that never like out of sight, out of mind, that never really bothered me before because I never gave it enough attention. But after, like I said, having the baby, I was just like, that's not right. Like people can't do that. They have like feelings and life in them too. So that kind of like stuck with me. I'm not like hardcore about it, but that was definitely a positive change and one of my reasonings for going vegan. And then also just feeling healthy. So that's pretty much where we're at right now. We're like, we're more of the people for vegan curious, like a vegan curious audience. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not one of those people who advocate 110%. I'm not at protests and things like that. But my reasonings for going vegan definitely changed over the last few years. Yeah, I can see that. I think that it's an important distinction between like being very clear about who your audience is. And I feel like you're very clear about that. I like how you said it's vegan curious because I feel the same way. Like I feel like there's, I have a couple of different audiences going on (laughs) on different platforms, but overall, I really want to help people that are vegan curious because just being able to show that, okay, I can do this, help me. So I know it's going to help other people. Oh, absolutely. And also just making it more welcoming because I think there's a lot of harsh feelings about people being a little too much. If the, I don't, if that's the right way to say it. <laughs> yes, girl, you know it's the right way because <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are. And, and I, I can't say that I wouldn't feel welcomed or, you know, if, if you dabble back and forth, if you're not 100% vegan, like, I think there's this rule, this like unspoken rule that once you go vegan, you can't go back or you're, there's shame around it. And you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. I always say this. It's like when people say, oh, say I'm out eating with someone and they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't eat that. They'll offer me something. And I'm like, you know what? I can actually eat anything I want. I just choose not to eat it is what I say. And you're so right. There's so much shame around like not like being ex-vegan or whatever. There's so much shame around it. And I, I've told you this before and I, I don't want to like jump too off track, but like your episode 100 really like I cried during the whole thing because I was like, that's me. I eat shrimp. Like, 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 like just like there is so much shame and nobody talks about it. Like we need to normalize that. That's OK. Mm hmm. Yeah, because there's such this perception of like all or nothing. Like, I, I, I know you know this too from having conversations with people, but they'll say, well, I was thinking about being vegan, but I don't know, you know, because people say that I can't say that I'm plant-based or vegan because I don't eat everything perfectly or, you know, and then they don't even try anything. I was thinking about that just this morning, like how people don't even try anything because some radical person told them, that, oh, okay, you can't, you can't use this type of language. Cause I know one thing about me, like if I use a certain language about myself, like if I call myself a vegan, I'm going to step fully into it. So if you don't even allow people to have the freedom to do that, then they're not even going to try. So I just, I just really hate that. I hate how people push their views on other people and don't let them try to figure out what works for them. They don't even give them a chance. Right. It's like, you know, we're vegan, quote unquote, but you know, if you're not 110% plant-based or doing raw, you're not really vegan. You're not doing it. So I think if you like kind of categorize yourself, but make up your own rules, it's really whatever works for you, your body and your lifestyle. 
Absolutely. It's so true. Yes. So when you dish the dairy though, Aaron, like how did that look? Because were you somebody who loved dairy before or did you not really care? It didn't make a difference to you. No, you know, we're from Jersey. So pizza is big <laughs> pizza, cheese, 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 like everything. Like I love cheese, but we have come a long way. Even since we became vegan, like over the last few years, the companies out there, like we used to have like one or two options, like Daya and something else. And it was gross. Like it, it didn't melt. It didn't do what it like was supposed to do. It would stick to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> you go into Wegmans or you go to any of these other stores and there's like 12 different options depending on what you're making. It's wild, girl, ain't it? Oh man, it's wild. I love it. It's decent. Like some of them are trash. You know that. But, <laughs> the plastic ones. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. But but we've come a long way. And I think that's why it makes it a little easier to introduce stuff to everyone. I felt so much better when I cut the dairy out, to be honest with you. Like I used to do half and half in my coffee, but I recently discovered oat milk, which was like a game changer. Oat milk. So that's your favorite one now? Now it is. Yeah. Cause I think it's creamier. So like I'm big on, like I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker. Jerome's not. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, like, what do you get? Like, what do you buy? You know, like everything else was kind of like watered down that I was using. So you just have to find things that are similar to what you were into. Yeah, you do. I mean, and that's the thing. You got to be like open to experimenting. Cause I know I remember the first time years ago, I tried a vegan macaroni and cheese and I was like, Oh no, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> Listen, we, we tried one too and we were not fans. It wasn't good. And that's kind of the reason we started experimenting with like recipes and whatnot, because everything that we would buy was like, oh, I can see why people don't want to be vegan. This is nasty. Exactly. I know. But you got to be open to like trying different things. Cause I remember at one point, like when I tried that macaroni, I was like, damn, I don't know if I can do this. And I kind of shut down and I really didn't want to try anything else. Cause I was like, that was a waste of my time and money. And so when I started like experimenting more, I was like, okay, I can do this, but you just have to be, you have to move past that. Cause it could be one bad experience can really mess you up when you're trying. So we have to just be open to, you know, trying different things and experimenting. So I definitely understand that. My good friend, she was telling me like she had seitan one time and it must, you know, seitan is made differently. Like whoever makes it, it's like, it, it can taste completely different anywhere, everywhere you go. And she said, oh, I had a, a burrito with seitan in it one time. And it was like the nastiest thing. I'll never eat seitan again. And that's true. Like if you have, if you have like tofu or tempeh or something, and it's not cooked the way it's supposed to be cooked. That's your first impression. And I can't say that I wouldn't like hesitate to like, cut out all that stuff too. Like, oh, I can't do this. This is not for me. Exactly. Yep. Did you cook before you went vegan though, Erin? Like I've never had your food, but I swear it always looks so good. People always complimenting on it on Insta stories. So did you cook before this? Just like recreational, like home and stuff like that. I actually, I went to culinary school maybe like 14 years ago, but it was- Did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. I went to school in New York. But it was, it was for French pastry. Like we didn't, I, I wasn't in like a kitchen. I was like, it was more bakery related, like wedding cakes, pastries, obviously, like all that kind of stuff. That's what I was going to do. And then when I graduated, we hit a recession and I ended up waitressing and in, in retail, did that for like 10 years. It was like, so that just kind of went out the window. But what really forced me to cook again is when I cut out the dairy. Mm-hmm. Because you have no choice, right? That's the thing. Like when you go vegan, <laughs> you really, in so many ways, don't have a choice. You got to get this food. You're not going to eat. <laughs> you got to cook. And a lot of the vegan restaurants around us are very, well, not so much now, but they were very earthy. 
And that is a very distinct taste that you have to want all the time, like beets and cashews and kale and things like that. So if you're not used to eating that way, it's kind of a shock in the beginning. So we had to kind of manipulate and veganize things that we already like to eat, like burgers and chicken and like you said, mac and cheese. So we would find that we'd go out to eat a lot and try all these vegetarian or vegan restaurants and be disappointed and kind of just say, oh, well, shit, we could have made this at home. Right. (laughs) $17 later, right? It's kind of that. I guess that's kind of how everything started because Jerome cooks too. But we just kind of had to like figure out what we wanted and how we wanted to use it. And it kind of forced us to research different ingredients and different people. And that's actually how I found you on YouTube. You found me on YouTube? I thought you found me on Instagram. No, I found you on YouTube and then I found you on Instagram because of YouTube. And the thing is, I I will say because doing, doing research and finding different ingredients, I think there was one, you probably had a couple, you would take us around to the grocery store and you would like show us that you were picking up or what you were going to try. And you would even point out the stuff that you have tried and we're like, this isn't it. Don't get this. I miss that, Erin. I need to do those again. I miss doing those videos. Because it, it, it really helped trying to figure out like what was good, what am I going to waste my money on? Because some of that stuff is not cheap. You know that. I mean, it, it could be $5 for a box of macaroni and cheese and it's nasty. Yep. So yeah, that was super helpful, by the way. It wasn't like you were an influencer or doing an ad. You were being real about it. You, you didn't have to say it was good. I like that. Thank you, Erin. I was, <laughs> I really want to get, I miss YouTube. I'm, I'm going to get back into YouTube. I just started focusing on this over the last couple of months. And then now that I've gotten to, into a groove with this, I'm definitely going back over to YouTube and I'm going to be over there as an influencer. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it honest though, but I'm always, that's one thing I will keep it honest because I hate how there's like the, this stigma of like ve- like vegan influencers or just influencers in general, not being honest. Like I could have had a lot of money promoting stuff that's not good. So don't, I hate when people say that. Don't say that, Erin. <laughs> no, but it's so, but it was so important because it's like, oh, good. Like I can, like, all right. I understand like, oh yeah, th- I'm not wasting my money on that. Like I'll try this one first. Like, yeah. So, but cause it is helpful. You really don't know where to start. And honestly, if I didn't have a vegan family member, I wouldn't know half the stuff I did in the beginning. It, it's actually my aunt. So she, she would always like, she was like, 10 years ahead of us. Like she knew, she knew like different products and like even the stuff you make from scratch, like cashew cream and egg salad, quote unquote, different stuff. So we were exposed early on, but if you don't have that exposure, you have to do everything yourself. It's overwhelming. Definitely. So outside of like having the family member, what do you suggest for people who are looking for like more inspiration and and just kind of finding their own community so that they can keep going? Obviously, find people like you. Find other people online who are vegan and give vegan tips or show you how to cook, use different ingredients. And then also, my second tip would be to veganize the food that you already love. And then I guess like a third tip would just kind of be forgive yourself if you're not 110%. You have to be easy on yourself. You don't, you know, don't box yourself in completely. So if you don't like something, that's okay. You don't have to love everything that's vegan. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Is there anything like, what are some of your favorite foods, Erin? Because I feel like your food looks so damn good. Like every time you post, I'm just like, 
First of all, how the hell do you make your photography look that great? We're going to talk about that too. I know you and Jerome be like rocking that, but the food just looks so good. Like ever since I've, I came across you, you're just like so good at like presentation and just, it just always looks so amazing. So what are some of your favorite dishes? Some of the favorite things that you guys like to eat? And then we're going to talk about like catering and luxury picnics and private events and all of that, because I, I just want to dive into it. So some of the favorite foods that we like to eat are, I, I personally love tempeh. Cause I think you can do so much with it. Seitan as well. So I like, I always like making chicken or different kind of meats with that. So we're big on like sandwiches. We love all the food that's like fun. So I would, I would pretty much say like, well, some of my favorite foods are like sandwiches. You just like any tempeh sandwich, seitan sandwich, subs. I recently started making subs this year for other people. We just, because sometimes you just want a sandwich and you can't go anywhere. You can't go to Quick Check. You can't go to Wawa. You can't go anywhere and just buy a vegan sub. So I would say that's like my favorite thing right now. It's Monique hopping in real quick to let you know that I put together a vegan starter kit for you. So if you are vegan curious or you're a vegetarian, I put together some steps that you should take in order to make vegan life a reality for you. In the vegan starter kit, I go over meal planning, grocery shopping, eating out, and all of the steps that you need to take to get started right now in a very practical way. Head over to brownveganvip.com to download the free vegan starter kit. That's brownveganvip.com. I know we talked like, what was it, like a year ago? I don't even think it was that long. Maybe it was. No, it's actually, yeah, Aaron. it's been like a year since we had this discussion. And at that time in your life, you and Jerome was like, y'all were going through like a major transition. You were just trying to figure out your way. And I just feel like the glow up has been, <sighs> man, it's been real. Like just to watch this, because I know that y'all came like from the trenches, like building this up. So like, how has the last year of your life been like, as far as that transformation, as, as far as starting your, your business, because you went from like, kind of like scrambling. I remember that time. Remember we were on the phone you were telling me, you were like, oh my gosh, I had to do this pop-up and the power went out. Like I blew a, I blew a fuse oh <laughs> and you had all this food to cook. So let's talk about like that transformation, like that transition from, you know, kind of struggling to get by, which I can definitely relate to. And, and then just like blowing it up and just stepping into like your purpose. Yeah, it was like, oh gosh, this whole year just felt like 10 years, if that makes any sense. We like, yeah, the last time we spoke back then, it was like we were doing pop-ups, just like scrambling. We were in an apartment. So people come and pick up food from us. But we were like blowing three circuits a day, like because we have we have a good clientele. Like we have a lot of people who just want to eat the food, which is I'm so grateful for. And then we kind of moved unexpectedly. It was like, there was a lot of transition. So we moved. And then the beginning of the year, it's like, oh, January, fresh start. You know, everyone gets that little pop of motivation. And then boom, pandemic, right? My job went out. I used to work in a lymphatic clinic. And we we shut down in March. Jerome was already home because he had live. And she was supposed to start school, but school was out. So it was like this whole time of like being together all the time, figuring out, we was like, okay, well, we have to hit the ground running. We have to do something. So we started doing more pop-ups, more content creation. You know, Jerome does photography and he does music production. So, you know, that, that's his own little court. But we came up with the luxury picnic idea and that... That really took off way better than I expected. Our first picnic was in July. So 
for anyone listening who doesn't know what they are, they're basically a luxury style outdoor picnic, but it's all vegan. We kind of let the people stay out there for about two and a half hours. Everything's fully catered by us. A charcuterie board. You have a Bluetooth speaker. Actually, our first one was a proposal, which was really cool. And then you can add a photography package. See what we did there. Hey, upgrade, upgrade. Right. So Jerome always does the photos in the beginning of the picnic. And it was like, it was a blast. We had so much feedback from that. And we actually have a couple more picnics coming up, but it's starting to get cooler here. That really, really took off. So in addition to the catering and doing pop-ups, that was like a huge success on our end. And that all came from being in the pandemic. We like not having a job, being laid off or whatever you want to call it. And to be honest with you, it wasn't easy. It was like a blessing in disguise, but doing it all with Olivia by our side. She just started school and that that's tricky. That's a whole nother situation. This year was like a huge year of transition. It was like so much positive involved and so much like negative <laughs> in the mix. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. But if there was no better time to do any of this stuff, it was it was now. Right, right. So what does that like process look like? The pictures I see online, the videos are so beautiful. Who do you typically target for this? I know that you said the first one was an engagement, but is it usually just, is it anniversaries? Because I feel like you do those two anniversaries for picnics. Like who is the audience for this? So we do a lot of anniversaries. We do proposals. We've done a promotion, which was pretty cool. We've done a just because one, but most of them are anniversary or dating related or, you know, love. Uh, (laughs) And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. But I wanted to say everyone who has done our picnic I think there was one couple that was completely vegan. All of our customers aren't 110% vegan. They're just vegan curious. Oh, wow. So you are really pulling out the red carpet for them. I love that, Erin. That's so dope. Yeah, it was really cool. And that's what we do. We try to pick the food that was like easy to transition in, like empanadas, rice, things like that. It kind of gave people an opportunity to try vegan cheeses and meats, like on the charcuterie board. But not to a point where it was like, ew, this is nasty. Like, like where I'm not just putting a block of tofu in front of them. We got really good feedback. Like, and I think that's a subtle way to introduce things without it feeling like too much or too pushy. Do they usually say anything to you about like as far as the food and the experience after because these are not typically vegans? Yes, actually. And I also wanted to point out, we don't just do picnics for people our age. Like we, we have like an older crowd, I want to say too, like who have celebrated, which which took me by surprise. I, I wouldn't think that was something they were open to, which is kind of ignorant on my part. At every picnic, we show up maybe like 10, 15 minutes beforehand. So we let them sit there and do their thing, but we pack up their food because there's so much. And they take it home and they were like, you know, this was so excellent. Or, you know, I loved all the cheeses, but this one I didn't really care for. Or, but it's always positive feedback. And they always say, I would do it again. Nice, nice. What does the prep work look like at home? Not even for the luxury picnics. I feel like that's a little less work. But what does that look like when you cater? Because I know you just did an event last weekend that looked so fun. Was that a birthday party? That was a birthday party. And that's also something we've added into the mix. We've done personal chef services where we come to you and cook. So we prep, cook, set up, break down and clean up all in the mix. And we usually charge by the head. So... Last weekend was really fun. I was in the Poconos and it was actually for a friend of mine. So he hired me 
and everything was like tapa style. So it was all these little miniature appetizers and it was so much fun. So much feedback, so many people who have never had jackfruit before, buffalo bites, all those kinds of things, meatballs. We did plated salads. It, it was perfect and it couldn't have gone better, but we've, we've done another one. We went out to LBI and I know you're not from around here, but it's about an hour and a half away. So we did one of those brunch style, like chicken and waffles, empanadas, things like that. We did that maybe a month ago. And that went really well too. So we have the luxury picnics, we have personal chef services, and we have regular catering right now. You have a pop-up coming up too. So you still, how did the pop-ups look now? Did you change it, anything since we first started? We try to mix in a pop-up here and there. This is the first one I've done in a while because our schedules have been so tight. Yes, and I'm glad that's such a blessing. It is a blessing, <laughs> but I, I started doing the pop-ups because it's usually, we have our regulars, but it's also people who just want to try something without ordering a whole pan of mac and cheese or a whole pan of chicken or a whole pan of anything. Cause you know, that adds up. And if you don't like it, you'd be disappointed. So yeah, we have a pop-up next Sunday. So I try to mix those in, but like I said, it's been so hard cause we've been busy, which is great, but it's hard to juggle everything sometimes. Yeah, I get that. Do you still do the themes? Cause I know you got the nachos coming up. You plan on doing anything for like football? Cause I know, didn't you do that last year where you had like the Super Bowl and it was the stadium box. And that was the one where I blew three circuits. That was the day and I never did one again. It was so bad. Everybody loved the food, but oh, thank God for my friends. I have my two friends, Diane and Keisha, they always helped me. And we were going crazy. We had two air fryers going. We had an oven. This is all in an apartment, by the way. And it was just like, we look back now and laugh, but we all could have cried that night. Like it was like, so, it was like two sandwiches, two things of fries. 12 tempeh wings, celery, ranch, ketchup, and two like Philly cheesesteak sandwiches in each box. So you could split the box with somebody, but it was like, it was, it was too much. We were, (laughs) we were ill prepared, but we got through it. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I mean, it looks so good. Your food always looks so good. So Jerome is taking, usually taking all your pictures and videos, right? So he does, he definitely does all the video, but the pictures on my page, I usually take with my phone. And then I edit them. I'm proud of all y'all. All the everybody who come on here, y'all just be like, oh yeah, I'm taking it with my phone. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I, t- I take a lot of my pictures with my phone and then I edit them in Lightroom on my phone. So, you know, I don't know. You probably get this too. It's like people who are like, oh, I want to start a podcast. Where do I start? Or I can't do it because I don't have the right mic. Or I, don't, I can't do it because I don't have this. And I tell everyone, like, I've had people message me and go, oh, I want to start a food page too, but I don't have a fancy camera. I'm like... I take all my pictures with my phone. You don't need a lot. You have to put your hours in. You have to do a little research and figure out how to use what you already have. And kind of like not make an excuse for yourself because you can you can make stuff work. Like even styling food. I use old, sometimes I don't even have like enough props. I use like brown lunch bags and roll them up or you just have to get creative. You have to follow other people who kind of do it for a living or that you're inspired by and just kind of get your juices going. You don't need, I mean, I'm sure you know this, you don't need a lot of equipment. You just got to be determined, huh? Yeah. Get it done. Get it done. So I know that you and Jerome are are basically in so many ways, like bootstrapping this. You guys are still doing this by yourself, right? Oh yeah. Just by yourself. When we do pop-ups and stuff, like a friend of mine comes to help us. But other than that, it's just, it's just us. (laughs) Mm. You have long days then probably, huh? 
long days. And I will say that my mom jumps in and helps with the baby, which is like huge. Oh, that is huge. We couldn't do any of it without her. That's like a lot involved. Like when we go set up picnics and stuff, that takes it takes us an hour to set up and then we leave, come back, and it takes about an hour or so to break down. Break down everything. I think it's smart for you because I feel like a lot of times with your menus and everything that you have going on, you cook a lot of the same items to kind of keep things consistent. And so that, I'm sure that takes some of the pressure off too. Like you don't feel like you have to come up with new stuff every time. Or do you feel the pressure still? Not as much as I did in the beginning, because in the beginning, I was still creating a lot of content and I had to show variety. But now we have like staple stuff that I know people like, like the empanadas, the chicken, the penne vodka, the rice. We have we have a a bunch of staple dishes, which is good. And that's all from feedback. So what about the donuts? Y'all still do those? Oh, my God. The donuts. Yes. (laughs) The donuts are huge. I don't know how I forgot to bring that up. So the donuts, oh God, I do donuts every week. See that pastry, that pastry, that's culinary school came in handy, huh? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually made them by mistake. Uh, my good friend, Thalia, it was her birthday and she's vegan. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make her donuts for her birthday. And I put a picture up because content, right? And boom, everyone was like, oh, you're selling donuts now. What kind of donuts? Are you? So let me tell you something. I probably make three or four boxes of donuts a week on like a light week. Whoa. Yeah, and sometimes it's not for a special occasion. It's just because people want. Wait, you still doing a dozen? That like the minimum of a dozen, or what is that? Yeah, they come in a box of nine. Oh, nine. Okay, mm-hmm. which is a good amount, I guess. That is a great amount. It's <laughs> in that box, so that's that's all I'm getting. <laughs> that's all it fits. You said. <laughs> yep. So yeah, the the donuts are a huge hit. Catering, we're still doing a lot of. But I also, being that Jerome and I are only doing this by ourselves, if we have a picnic planned, I can't take catering orders. So. I think we're trying to figure that aspect out, how to do everything. Yeah, like kind of scale, how to scale this. That's the thing I always wonder about when people have, you know, too many clients and things. It's like, how are they able to really scale it? If you're like the the center of your business, it's kind of hard to scale. I, at least it seems like it would be. Yeah, it is actually. I've had to turn stuff down or just say, I'm sorry, we can't do it. We're already booked or we have somebody, we're doing a picnic or we have too many catering orders this day. That's not easy because (laughs) you want to take everything that comes your way, obviously. But we're trying, like, I guess over the next year, we're going to try to do a lot of our plans that we thought we were going to do kind of took a turn. I don't know if you ever told me, like, what what were some of your plans before? I never wanted a restaurant. I never wanted a food truck. I never wanted any of that because I was always, I had this fear of overhead and failing and then dedicating my whole life 24-7 to that. But... I think within the next year, we'll have at least a little spot. What? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Erin. We're working on it now, but I think that I had so much fear because I've worked in restaurants before and I've seen like the managers and the people who own it, they don't have a life. And I didn't want that. And then I didn't want to wake up, you know, 50, 60 something years old and I didn't do anything. Didn't even enjoy it. Right. So I think we're working our way towards that. I think it was just kind of also filtering out what other people want for you. You know, I always get a lot of people, oh, you need a food truck. You need this, you need that. I don't want a food truck. There's a lot of reasons why I don't. So if I'm going to have a food truck, I I might as well have like a little hole in the wall to get started. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who want stuff for you too, because I've been asking you for a cookbook for about a year and I just... 
I'm never going to get it, I feel like. <laughs> and let me tell you, I started one. Not that it's too much work, but it's a lot of work. Hell and yeah, it's a lot of work. That's why I don't have one. <laughs> that's one reason why I don't. And there's this, there's this girl from New Jersey. She's vegan. She has like three cookbooks. She's probably a little younger than, probably us, a little younger than us. And I was just like, I don't know how she does it. Like, it's a lot. Like, styling food. First of all, you got to make the food. You got to style the food. Take the right pictures. You have to, like, literally take measurements. That was my biggest setback. I don't measure anything. You don't? Wow. No. The consistency of your work is always, like, it's so good. That's why I thought you did. (laughs) No. I I wish I did. That's my biggest downfall. And especially if we do have, like, a restaurant or, like, a little spot where people can grab and go. Like, that's going to be my biggest problem, like, trying to train somebody. Because I'm like, oh, we'll just put a little dash of this. Like, that looks right. That that's gonna be tricky. And that's one of the reasons I haven't I haven't completed a book. Cause I don't I don't wanna measure. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But you're doing so well with everything else though, Erin. I'm just so proud of you. I know that I don't talk to you every day or anything, but I just can just see it. And it just looks amazing. I'm so proud of you and Jerome. Y'all are really doing y'all thing. So before we go, if you want to just leave us with some last minute tips on how to go vegan, I feel like you gave us some in the beginning, but if you just want to leave some and also tell us how we should follow you and what you want us to do as far as the luxury picnics or anything else you want to promote. I I did bring up some tips before, but I guess if you're starting off, just try to one, follow other people who are vegan online through Instagram or YouTube, Facebook, wherever you can, Twitter. See what they eat, see what they recommend, see what they try, and that'll kind of give you some grounding. And two, which would definitely be veganize all the food that you already love. So if you love burgers, if you love cheesesteaks or anything like that, you love pizza, start to experiment and just make it yourself. And then three would be to, again, don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself some leeway if you still like to eat fish or shrimp, you know, you can go back and forth. There's no rule saying that once you try vegan things, you have to be 110% vegan. You do what works best for you and your body. So those would be my three tips. And if you would like to follow me on Instagram, my at is at underscore mama hill underscore. And my website is www.mamahill.com. Mama Hill, thank you so much, Erin. It was such a pleasure. I'm so glad that we finally did this. We finally had made the time for this. It's been amazing. And I just really look forward to you just continuing to shine and glow and be amazing. My fellow Libra sister, because you're Libra, right? Because your birthday, wait, your birthday just passed. I was the 12th and you're the 29th of September. Oh, right? look at you remembering. I love it. <laughs> <In my research. laughs> well, I appreciate you so much. And one of these days, I can't wait for us to actually meet in person because it's going to be just dope. I'm excited. Are you in Maryland? No, I'm in Virginia. Oh, you are? I don't yeah. know why you're in Maryland. Probably because I used to go out there and eat food. So I would tag it maybe because some people do think I live in Maryland. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, oh, that's not far. We're always out there. So yeah. It's kind of far. Yeah, it's It's very far. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Perfect. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. All of the show notes will be at brownvegan.com. So check those out. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode. Come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle over there is at brownvegan. Have a great day and I will talk to you next week.